0: We're thrilled that you could all join us for the Giving Tuesday sessions, and so excited about our guests that we have with us today. I know many of you are familiar with Saint Super, and you know that we love to celebrate joy. And this season, we think it's so important to celebrate those who are bringing joy to others, particularly our neighbors who are um, experiencing homelessness and in- home insecurity um, in their in their neighborhoods and those who are bringing um, great joy to others. And so I'm so excited to have Steph Johnson, who's the CEO and choir director for Voices of Our City Choir, Steph, you are also amazing. We have all of these amazing um, guests Absolutely. today. It's so fantastic. You're the creative director and co-founder of Voices of Our City Choir. You're a recording artist. You're a TEDx speaker. You're the 2020 Woman of the Year in California. Oh my goodness! Um, wow, it's um, you're an ins- you're a walking inspiration and a singing inspiration. So thank you so much for for joining us. Um, you. So you. Can, you, can you hear me okay? Yes. I'm so
1: inspired, by the way, to be on this call. George, thank you so much. I'm sitting here with um, our case manager, our one full-time employee case manager, lived experience, and me too, and everything you said spoke to my heart so much. And and Primo, um, Harmony Through Harmony Healing, what is it called again? Harmony Hope and Healing had visited us on the West Coast. And in fact, I think it was an article by them that inspired me to start the choir. And, and I just, awesome. you know, I feel so connected to all of you. I could cry. So thank you, thank you for showing me the future organization growing from that the 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 resources you had to what you are now. Jordan, meeting you is like meeting my my soul brother. I'm just really grateful, Emma, and to everybody on your team for having this conversation. If so, thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, we we love having you and 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 tell us tell us how you got started and um and what what's what's going on with Voices of Our City. We did share a little um video at the start for those who are with us on Zoom um but we will uh, enjoy um hearing the choir at the very end of today. But uh, tell us how you got started.
1: Sure. So, I was born and raised in San Diego and I was born um I was born, I was, uh, pursuing music and, uh, living, living a creative life. Five years ago, I took my guitar to the street and started to make relationships with people living unsheltered. Um, I knew just like Jordan that through conversation and relationship building, that that was so much of what people crave. That's so much what people crave in life. Right. And I could see and started to educate myself that the way that San Diego was handling it was by criminalizing people for being homeless Right, So they were putting people in jail and writing all these obscene tickets. And I was just so infuriated and um, wanted to, I remember I I met a gentleman living in his tent out by where we, you know, I was doing all this outreach that I started and um, I said, let's revolt. You know, I was so upset for him. I was like, let's go take to the streets. Let's go and make something happen. And he looked at me and he laughed at me and he said, it doesn't matter, we don't have a voice it doesn't matter what we say and i remember that like really stuck in my head and then the very next day i met a woman who saw that i was singing and she said google my name look me up um and she was singing in a choir and i believe it was in chicago and it was a choir for people that were experiencing homelessness and all of a sudden like this this amazing kind of vortex of music and my purpose and the right things all kind of converging together i was like i had this idea so i called Hi, Nina Deering. I said, do you want to be the choir director? The pastor downtown who was meeting people and serving the same population um, offered us his space. And so we started to invite people to a choir rehearsal where we sing soul music and like funk tunes. And anyways, and then it started growing and it started with a couple people. After a couple of months, it was like And then it just kept on exploding and growing. And um, more people came to join us to support the people that were showing up. And I started as trying to help one person at a time where I would fundraise for one person and try to get someone off the street and do whatever I could. And now it's a full nonprofit organization. We're still in our grassroots growing stage, of course. (laughs) Uh, We have four full time employees, many of us with lived experience. Lots of choir members now that have gone through we have a choir, maybe over 200 people that are uh, have come through and been a part of the choir. We're just rebuilding after the pandemic, um, but we have helped approximately 80 individuals move off the street and into safe uh, housing and or shelter. And I am not a case manager. <laughs> I know nothing about housing, except I know a lot about building trust based relationships. You know, I know about creating the space for music, making good food, like Jordan was talking about spaces that are innovative and fun to be in. I knew how to, I knew I could create that. And so I just started inviting all my friends living on the street and our message of, our our joy of coming together and making music, our happiness of of each other being heard and seen has made us this kind of in demand performance ensemble. where people want to hear the choir perform and sing. And and, um, it's just incredible that we get these opportunities now to go. This was at the Jewish Film Festival we performed at. Our friend Michelle Zasper in the middle right there in the white. She made a documentary about one of our choir members um, who passed away and wanted to to let the world know what the choir meant to him and the choir family. A lot of the people that are in the choir are people who have lost family. They don't have family anyway. They don't have that network. So we really, really feels like family. Did I answer the question? I got so excited meeting you guys. I just jumped off the page there.
0: Well, you know, it's fine to jump off the page because we we love hearing from you, and um, we love what you're doing with the choir program. And um, you know, I think one of the things that I um, really like about the choir program is when you you bring people in for choir practice, and you're you're together during the day. You're also able to help connect them with other services and um, other things that can help improve their lives. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Absolutely. So without knowing what we were doing, we became a referral agency. So we created our own um, kind of old school, um, all of your list of numbers. I was what, was, what am I? Rolodex. I'm doing the Rolodex. So your old school Rolodex. There wasn't a, a, a strong connection of everybody and all the services. I don't know what it's like in Chicago, but there, that didn't exist for us here. So I had to create... A database of support and how to navigate that because of course people suffering PTSD and trauma are not going to be able to navigate that they really need an advocate and so today we partner and work with all of the um, housing you know programs shelters um, other resources and our um can you scoot over this way so it doesn't uh it doesn't cut out again this is Enrique (laughs) Enrique uh just joined us and um Enrique is tasked with not, we all wear a lot of hats right now, but his job is to create a, a plan with an individual, see where they're at, meet them where they're at, and see how we can help and support them. Not ever taking away that, um, that person's- um, Their independence. Their independence, yeah, their power in, yeah. And, and being in charge of their life. You know, it's The music is so uplifting. People feel it when they walk in. And um, you know, a lot of choir members that have gone through and been with us for years, and maybe we end up hiring them or they take on another role or something. And they hear me talking about the, the rehearsal as being this outreach. And the choir member goes, oh, it's outreach? And I say, yeah, it doesn't even feel. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not your typical kind of outreach, right? Everybody's welcome to the choir. But in that space, when someone lets their guard down and they, they trust us and they, tr- they feel a space for them to be who they are, Enrique, who is so uh, wonderful at connecting with people, um, starts that kind of conversation and works with people. So it's great.
0: Well, that is wonderful. Share with us your your, um, biggest hurdles that you have and challenges that you see for people on the streets who are unsheltered.
1: Showers, housing, dignity, um, opportunity. Um, These are people that are people. We are all people. We are all one. And the folks that I meet um, had professions, had um, extreme trauma in their life, something that happened. It could happen to any of us. And um, with opportunity and support, that person will be thriving. That person comes back to society. That person's like stoked to be back and have something that, that is a piece of them that they can bring to the table. So, biggest challenge is lack of housing um you could talk about all the hurdles that a person faces once they get a housing voucher they have support tell tell us about the hurdle when you're trying to house
2: so i mean first you have to get rid of all the barriers that exist like they might not have an id social security they have an existing society because you know being homeless um so you have to take all those barriers down then you have to find some what kind of income do they have and then once you kind of get them prepped for housing, then you have to face the other side of what it is to house because you're going to have to go talk to property managers. They're going to run a credit check, a background check. Um, and so it's a, a lot of money is invested into um, the case management and, and these programs to house. But when you face the other side, like when you're trying to house them and there's nobody that really wants to rent, to your client or to you know, then you, you're, you fi- you're facing other obstacles because there's not, um, you know, there's not places that are, de- the, the system doesn't have in place housing, right? <laughs> right. So it, it, that's where the struggle and, and it is when, when you're really trying to house somebody, people do get housed. I'm not saying they don't, but it's, it's, it's not designed in a way where it, it's, it, it's, there's like a fluidity when you're, Okay, you got the voucher. I'm gonna get him into this place because we already, it's already contracted that way. Um, you have to go, you have to like kind of battle through everything to get this person housed. And then when they're housed, then you have to case manage the client through that and make sure that he can sustain himself and be able to live on his own. So sometimes it, it depends what kind of program you have in place. It could be a six month, twenty, four months. But I was case managing up up to a 24-month period at a time. So once they are stabilized and they can live on their own, then you're, you know, you kind of step back and and enjoy, you know, the success of that person being in a home and being sheltered.
1: And then with the choir and all the music programs, we teach piano. Um, harmonica classes, songwriting, the song that we performed on America's Got Talent that got the golden buzzer, which some people saw, a lot, like millions of people saw, which was very helpful for us. Um, that was a song written by our choir members um, in our songwriting workshop. Um, we also have all case management, which we call choir care. Uh, we have a whole nutrition program. We have a distribution center. We partner with the church and we're serving 200 people a day. Uh, we, we, we would do more if we had more resources. Um, And when you said, what's the challenge or what's, you know," I don't know if there's a question here what the future looks like for us, but since we're in the state of California and you know, Emma, you know about the the complications and uh, challenges around housing. We are now having the meetings and conversations to explore what it would look like for Voices to become a housing provider and to create our own space, much like Jordan described, where there's all the holistic pieces people who understand what you're going through and a community environment. Um, but people are willing and ready and want to come into our, um, they want to, they would come into our shelter. They would come into our housing, you know? So it's, we want to capitalize on that and move with that kind of energy, even though we're grassroots and we're five years old, we're ready.
0: (laughs) Well, um, the music you're making is fantastic. And, um, Tell us a little bit about the songwriting workshop and how you did create the sounds of the sidewalk song that we are going to hear at the very end. So we're keeping everyone on till the very Uh, end to experience um, that joy that you're going to bring to us. But tell us how, how that came about.
1: So, well, I'm a songwriter. Songwriting, playing guitar and singing was so helpful in me finding a voice and expressing myself. And so having a songwriting workshop was always really important to me. My uh, dear friend, Francesca Valle, a songwriter, um, musician, she took it over and she's been leading it for probably three years. Every every week before rehearsal, about 10 to 20-ish people join. We have a collaborative. We have our own publishing company. We publish our own music. Um, So we all come together and and co-create. And that song specifically was about their lived experience. What are the sounds that you hear when you're being, you know, um, asked to to move in the morning or you're getting a ticket or you're, um, you know, all the things that you hear. And like, there's one line in there, um, pennies falling down into a paper cup friends. I've never known they're trying to look up and mothers holding babies, trying not to cry strangers, shouting verses trying to teach you why. It's like all this noise telling you like you're in the wrong place. You shouldn't be there. You don't know what's up and you're and you're just trying to survive. So I love that. I love the lyrics of that song. So I took took the song and pretty much their melody. And then I kind of reharmonized it a little bit and put a little groove behind it. And then we started rehearsing it with the choir. And then and there you go. Then we got our song. That's how we do our songs. <laughs>
0: Whoa, that is fantastic. Ronald's asking when the choir is coming to Chicago and, and you and I were talking about this, that yeah. we need a, that we need a grant uh, yes. from Google for a Google bus or yes. um, uh, we need, we need a tour bus. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Um, I would, I would so love that. In fact, after, you know, we kept everybody together during the pandemic and we we got a grant for some laptops. We distributed laptops. We taught people how to use the laptops and stay engaged through Zoom meetings and all that. We we would send out vocal parts to songs. They learn them. They would come into the studio in a, in a safe COVID safe environment, record their part one at a time. I mean, the skills that we had to to learn <laughs> to get through the pandemic. Now that we get, now we're back together singing. Pre-pandemic, we were always singing very joyfully in unison. And I'm happy to say right now, there's lots of harmony going on on stage. So it'd be a wonderful time to take the choir on the road and share this wall of sound. This, right? This beautiful, it's beautiful. It's so cool. We want to come. We're coming.
0: I hope we have you up here for Festival Napa Valley next year or two it would be fantastic. Yes. And, um, you know, one of the, the other things is, you know, I, like I, I've asked um, previously, you know, how how can other people get involved? What you know, what what can one hundred, five hundred, a thousand, ten thousand dollars do for you um, in your organization?
1: Well, one hundred dollars actually um, affords us quite a bit of time. Uh, with a case manager working with an individual or or two on a a plan to get off the street. Um, uh, It it, it definitely goes into all of our programs. Um, I did write down though, $25 gets us five hygiene kits. So 500 is a hundred hygiene kits, which we need desperately. We're serving like the, you know, 200 folks a day. They need shoes. They need all sorts of things just to just to survive. Um, so those are real practical things. $1,000 covers our rehearsal space for a month. Um, the insurance involved and like us being in there and everything. Um, of course, we have a big dream for a big bus so we can come to Napa and come to Chicago. And, um, and, and. Um, it costs $10, to run outreach. In a, or a month, right? A month. Yeah. A month, yeah. It costs around $10,000 a month for us to run our outreach, which was, we weren't really we didn't have before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, it became necessary. People, people needed food. I mean, if people go to the trash cans to look for food, right, or they're looking anywhere, it was gone. It was, it was closed. So we were getting all these reports and calls from people that were like so hungry. So this outreach that started, that also includes a phone charging station for people without electricity, um, distribution of drinking water, the meals, hygiene kits, and coffee. Because what's one thing, who loves coffee? (laughs) <laughs>
0: Hello.
1: Okay. So when you're, that's yeah, right. He's drinking his coffee right now. It's right up so, there with mine. The <laughs> so we provide uh, fresh brewed coffee, cream, and sugar, and we provide as many cups as that person wants. And that has been the perfect relationship builder. And it wasn't until like last month, we figured out how much we were really spending. And we were like, oh my gosh, that's a lot on coffee, but (laughs) it's created this perfect space, right? For dignity, conversation, relationship building. And that isn't something that's provided that often for folks. So um, now we got a coffee sponsor, but we still got to buy that cream and sugar. So it's expensive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know you're doing an amazing job. We're we're super excited, and um, we hope that um, our guests uh, donate to you. Um, we are having the lunch for all three of you on June 10th at the the winery. Um, so we hope that uh, you donate. Note Saint Supery for that. With each $500 donation, um, you can have a guest. And what a perfect. Holiday gift uh, to your family, your friend to say you're coming to Napa to celebrate all of these mm-hmm. wonderful organizations and all they're doing for our friends and neighbors around the country. It's Thank really, um, it's really quite impressive. And, um, we hope that, uh, you, you join us at the winery, um, you check out our everyday hero exhibit online or at the winery celebrating people like yourselves who are just out there, who show up, who do good things for other people. Um, because frankly, if COVID has taught us nothing, it hopefully has taught us to recognize the joy that we have in each other and caring for each other and, and being good to each other. So I, um, I thank you for that. And I, I thank you all for um, the good work that you do. We're going to kick off the, the beautiful uh, choir song next. Um, and But until then, be well, be kind, and cheers to all of you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
2: mean to be mean but we yes, can't sleep, sleep here
3: lives searching, restless arms reaching, our battle's going down, with chaos all around, and the mother reassures herself everything will be alright, as she steps in rhythm to the sounds of the sidewalk. Listen to the sounds of the sidewalk.